Safety, dependability, and power. Chevy Silverado isn't happy unless the work is hard and the day is long. No wonder Silverado is America's number one best-selling retail pickup truck. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and put a Silverado in your toolbox. Okay, Mary goes in motion. She's headed right for the Good Foods Guac. Nice head fake on the stock boy. Great move around the lady with the card. Mary reaches for the Good Foods Guac and heads for checkout. Great play. Game day is guac day, Bears fans. And that means the delicious taste of Good Foods guacamole with perfectly ripe, hand-scooped avocados. Enter to win all kinds of great prizes at gamedayisguacday.com and reach for Good Foods Guac at Julasco. It's the WGN Radio Football Podcast. We're going to reassess everything from scheme to players to everything. Fields under center, fourth and goal. Herbert, can he get in? Washington thinks they have stopped him, and for the moment it appears they have. Wasn't he over the line like when he caught it? To the end zone, and it is juggled. Did he catch it? No. I guess if he didn't bobble it, it probably would have been a touchdown. Incomplete. Bears go no huddle. Fields deep downfield, and it is going to be caught for a touchdown. Dante Pettis. That was awesome. Trying to pull that off these first few games, and, and we did. Now, it's the WGN Radio Football Podcast. Here's Kevin Powell. All right, this is episode 50 of the WGN Radio Football Podcast. I'm Kevin Powell. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, an episode live from Hallis Hall. Zach Pearson from BearReport.com uh, joining me on this episode. We talk a lot about Justin Fields and where the Bears are at right now. But I was at Hallis Hall. We uh, had a chance to talk to Justin Fields, Matt Eberflus, a couple of players in the locker room, including Lucas Patrick. Here's what he had to say about Justin Fields. You can't change my mind that that guy's not a future stud in this league. Like The way he throws it, the way he's consistent, the way he runs, just his positive personality. and like He's a great dude to have in the locker room and like, you know, doesn't really get down amongst us. He may say things, but like he's he's a great leader and um, we just got to be better for him because he deserves it. And Patrick not very happy with his own play so far. Definitely not my standard. Um, there's some serious things I've been working on and trying to work out kinks, whether which side I've been playing and trying to get in rhythm, but... Um, I personally have to be better for this team. As for Justin Fields, his own self-evaluation. Just like I always say, I got to get better at everything. You know, I haven't reached you know my full potential in every you know in any aspect of the game of, of quarterback play. So you know, just continue to get better. All right, a little bit of sound from Hellis Hall. On to my conversation with Zach Pearson from BearReport.com. All right, we are live at Hellis Hall, where we just heard from Matt Eberflus and Justin Fields. Here with Zach Pearson from BearReport.com here on the WGN Radio Football Podcast. Zach, let's start with Justin Fields. I would say that I'm, how would I put it with Justin Fields, less discouraged as some others might be with Justin Fields. Um, He didn't say a whole lot to the media today. He's clearly uh, frustrated with where they're at. This is a guy who, um, which was brought up, has not had experience a ton in his life of losing football games, and now here he is. Where are you at with Justin Fields through six games? Yeah, I'm kind of on the same uh, boat with you. I'm not as discouraged. I'm not as worried. Um, I don't think he's in the best situation, if that makes sense, um, with the offensive line, with the wide receivers. I think we've seen progress in the past, what, three games or so going back to the Giants even though they've lost three straight um it's been a little tough um you know he's missed some throws 
He's made some throws. He's flashed the talent. Um, but, I mean, yeah, you're right. We're not going to get a lot from him um, in these press conferences. He only lost at what Ohio State like three times, four times, um, and two of those losses were pretty big stages in the college football playoffs. So I'm not ready to give up yet. Um, I, I just It's hard to evaluate him with what they've surrounded him with. Yeah, I mean, that's where I'm at. The, you, the, look, if people want to ride the wave and the up and down of a week-to-week, did they win, did they not look at his stats, feel free. It's going to be a long season if you roll with it that way. I think keeping perspective in the larger picture and understanding where they're at as a franchise and where Justin Fields is. And look, we can have basically the same conversation throughout the year, depending on whether he plays well or doesn't. Um, I just think there are so many variables out of his control, and yes, he has not been—he has not been great. He has held out. We we talked about this through the through the season, through six games, maybe holding on to the ball a little bit too much. After that loss to Washington, which they should have won, they outplayed Washington just about that entire game and struggled at the at the goal line. Um, Matt Eberflus said he thinks Justin Fields had, had took a step forward after that game. And I think some some were like, really? I, I felt the same way, though. Like, after that game, seeing him battle and nearly pull off this late comeback and, and score a touchdown at the end to win it, I understand the stats aren't there, and he has had some struggles in some areas. But, like, I, after that game, personally, I felt like I felt pretty good about Fields. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's... um. It's a game where you look at the stats, and um, the stats might not be there. Like, and the same with you know the Giants in Minnesota. But you look, okay, he makes a throw to Dante Pettis. Um, he has the scramble at the end. What was it like, forty yards, something like that, to get him in, in, into the game-winning situation. He puts the ball right there for Darnell Mooney. Should have been caught. Um, you got to make that play. And then he has you know the throw to um, Ryan Griffin in the end zone where. You know, at first, myself included, I I, I jumped all over. Him. I said, "It's a throw you got to make." You know, it, it's a layup throw. Listening to guys that play the game and analysts out there, they put the blame on tight end too, and that's kind of interesting to me. Maybe we're, you know, as reporters and, and fans, what we're seeing in real time is a little bit of an overreaction. We got to kind of go back and see. Others might be seeing things a lot differently, um, and maybe that's what's happening here in Chicago in in, in the rooms. Because Matt Eberflus, you're right, said it was a step forward. I, I think. In my eyes, I would say it's a step forward. Um, I don't like to go by the stats. I don't care if he throws for 400 yards or 200 yards, whatever. As long as he's making progress with his decision-making, progress with his reads, progress, you know, skill set, all that stuff, I, th- I think he'll be in good shape. And I think over the past three weeks, we've seen at least progress. Now you have to continue it and keep it going. Yeah, I mean, you look at the last three games during this losing streak, right? The late fumble against the Giants, the, the strip against Minnesota, the struggles at the goal line against Washington. I feel like, and I know just such. And first of all, after that, after that game against Washington, I don't think Justin Fields said anything that needed. Like I, he was spot on. You know, he showed passion. He was frustrated. I don't think anything he said was wrong by any means. Um, you know, talking about how he keeps hearing we're close and this and that. Well, you got to have results, right? You got to get wins. Um, but this is a team that that is young that doesn't have a lot of firepower, and mistakes have added up over the past three games. Yeah, I mean, it goes back to the lack of talent. Um, you know, I, I said it there in the beginning, oh, the beginning of this, of this era here, they need to surround Justin Fields with as much talent as they can. Um, I said it on, on Thursday night in the press box. I'm like, I don't 
you know, no offense to these guys. There's nothing, Zach. Yeah, I mean, there's not. You got Darnell Mooney, but like outside of that, they're he's throwing at guys who are wide receiver four, wide receiver five on a lot of other teams, if that. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to judge. I, I want to see him with a legit offense. And, you know, I keep going back to what the Bears could have done in the offseason to help him out. They weren't going to spend the money on big-name guys. They weren't going to trade for big-name guys. I'd be more frustrated in the draft, maybe not taking a wide receiver a little earlier. Um, but, yeah, I'd like to see what he could do with, with legit guys. And hopefully, you know, Darnell Mooney becomes a legit guy. Hopefully, Cole Komet becomes a legit guy. But until we see it, in my eyes, and I, I don't know if this is the case Ryan Bowles. I'm assuming it is. I don't know how, you know – how you can evaluate him fully this year. Right, and that was a big part of it, too. It's like you after this full season as him as the starter, you want to feel good about the evaluation process, right? You want to be able to look at the tape and be like, okay, this is a guy we can build around. Now, at the same time, you don't have to rush, right? Like, this is still a rebuild. They still have to add a lot of talent, which we all anticipate they will this upcoming offseason. Um, I, just, I, I just look at Fields as a quarterback and when it comes to the skill set, and I think the leadership, and we saw the toughness on display against Washington, like what else could you really want in a quarterback? You know what I mean? Like, of course, it's, it's, it comes down to performing and getting results and all of that. But in terms of the skill set and what he brings to the to the table, um, I mean, look at the upcoming opponent with the Patriots, Billy Zappi. Who? And, and he's won two games with them, and he's putting up some pretty solid numbers. How do some teams continue to find ways to win with quarterbacks and the Bears have literally never been able to do it? So I, I feel good about the messaging coming from Hallis Hall, though we didn't really hear much from Matt Eberflus. They're in a losing streak. They're not saying a lot. I still feel good about the direction of the team as a whole. Yeah, and, and you know, fans don't want to hear it, but their best bet is to get a top five pick. Like that, that to, to lose as many games this year while seeing some progress and some development in key players, you know, Justin Fields, Tevin Jenkins, Braxton Jones, Quan Brisker, Kyle Gordon, guys like that. Um, and then you get a top five pick, and you're in a scenario where you could have a team come calling up for a quarterback. They're not going to give up on Justin Fields after one year. I'd be absolutely shocked if Fields was not on this roster next year. But, you know, with a good quarterback class, you're going to have a team coming up, try to trade. Um, you might get Will Anderson, a defensive stud. You might get a, a stud at wide receiver. So I think the direction is it's fine. I just think we got a little too excited or there was a certain – portion of the fan base maybe they got too excited in the off season twitter is the worst possible oh, place to ha- to have well one just in general but two to have a, a a like what we're trying to do here have a little bit larger of a conversation to bring some perspective that doesn't really exist on the social media platform um so i think understanding the larger picture of it all the offensive line situation has not been great and look Whatever it is this season, we've got charts and we've got numbers and we've got graphs and they're all popping out of nowhere, Zach, and it gets fan bases fired up. Look, data's great. We all can consume it and take what we want, but there's just been a lot out there this year, more so than ever. I guess everybody went to um, you know, how to make a football chart. Uh, they Googled it in the offseason, and we continue to see more of it. Um, so, yeah, Justin Fields sack grade, and we know how much pressure there's been. Personally, Zach, I think the good old eye test is a pretty good uh, tool to use when it comes to judging the whole pass protection thing with the Bears. I do. Of course, the tape is going to help, and you watch, you go back and watch it and all of that. This offense line has struggled to protect Justin Fields. I'm not going to – it just they just have. Um, 
the construction of the offensive line as it is. Um, Lucas, Matt Eberflus was asked about that today. Would Lucas Patrick, is he eventually going to move to center? I know they're down white hair, but this offensive line, I guess the tackles, we kind of have a good idea, but the, the, the guards in the center situation, I think we might see a little tweak here upcoming against Monday. I, I really do, um, just because they said changes would be, would be coming. How, how do you see the offensive line, I guess, moving forward? Yeah, first off, screenshots are the worst thing to do with, with pass <laughs> yeah. protection. I mean, to kind of get that point out the way, you know, I, I think the offensive line has not protected Justin Fields' help well. I also think Justin Fields has held the ball a little bit too longer, too much too long, as longer than, I'm sorry, longer than uh, he should. Both points can be true in there. Um, in terms of the offensive line, I mean, you and I were out there at practice. We don't get to see much, so it's hard to kind of say what they're going to do um, with the line. I think they need to do it sooner than later. What I think they're going to do is they're going to play this game where, yeah, we're, we're going through our options. Yeah, we haven't figured it out. Yeah, we'll see. We'll get this every single week. We'll ask it. We'll get the same answer. I think they're going to wait till Cody Whitehair is healthy if he's ready to return in, let's say, two to three weeks. If that's the case, I think they'll wait. I think they'll make the move then. Until then, they're probably going to go with the same i mean i've been you know i i think there needs to be a switch uh, eventually i'm trying to look at who plays guard then if um lucas patrick snaps at center because i I think you have tevin jenkins is a really good right guard i don't think he's moving at all do you dare move larry borum back to guard like do you try that i don't know i mean it's riley reef even healthy enough to play tackle michael schofield maybe alex leatherwood's name came up today where he's been out with the illness and there's a 20 day 21 day window i think when he's good to go and fully ramped up at some point i think he's still a ways off he could be somebody you plug in there. At least try it. I mean, you got to at least try. I'm at the point. Um, you know, I was talking to Sean Hammond on the way up here, out of practice. I'm at the point where they're getting beat so bad at left guard and center on the interior that, like, why not try any of these other guys? Why not give Alex Leatherwood a shot? You know, why not Michael Schofield? Um, why not even you know somebody like Zachary Thomas off from the practice squad if it gets towards the end of the year? See what you got. Uh, they're gonna have to do it. They're gonna have to make a change because. I mean, I, I watched the film after. It's, it's crazy how many times that interior left side is just getting blown up. And you can live with Braxton Jones on the, on the left tackle getting beat by Montez Sweat and getting beat by these pass rushers who are really damn good at their job. You can live with that. He's a rookie. But you cannot live with guys who have been in the league three to four years getting just beat bad up the middle. Where are you at with the uh, Luke Getze play calling? I feel like early on in the season, uh, fans, it was a knee-jerk reaction considering the previous regime where you know you saw a lot of outrage over the play calling. There, Look, there have been some plays that I've been not, you know, I didn't agree with. But as a whole, I think Luke Getze is doing a pretty good job so far. Yeah, I was critical of him the first two games. Um, I, I thought the play calling could have been better. I think he's been fine the last couple games, and I think they have a good game plan. They haven't been too run-heavy. They haven't been too pass-heavy. Um, they're kind of just taking it by opponent and taking it how it goes. Um, the one thing I do wish would be worked on a little more, maybe it's not play-calling, but the running back split between Khalil Herbert and, and David Montgomery. So I'm thinking Khalil Herbert might fit into this offense a little bit better. Yes, I agree, too. And that's what I get David Montgomery. I think David Montgomery's a good back. Yeah. I think Khalil Herbert fits in better. And I think Khalil Herbert makes it so where you can move on from David Montgomery after the season, especially if he wants a big contract. I just want to see more of a, a, a mixture in that backfield. We saw Herbert, 63-yard run. He runs it on two of the next five plays. He was gassed. I mean, you saw it. We also, he was gassed at that run. Why not kind of switch in Montgomery, kind of play it that way? Herbert had, I think, five or six total carries after that. 
in the game, and it was a one-score game. Uh, but overall, I mean, the play calling, you know, from Getsy has been a lot better than what it was. I think that, and this was brought up today too, um, the goal line struggles really the entire season. Obviously against Washington was a complete disaster. Design runs for fields, right? Pull a guard, have fields just sprint to the pylon. I feel pretty good about him getting in just about every time. Um, You know, we can go back to that Green Bay game when they were stuffed at the line, and I thought they should have just gave it to Montgomery there. But uh, maybe we'll see more play designs for Justin Fields running. I um, was watching a game over the weekend. I forget if it was college or NFL. They actually motioned. It might, might have been NFL. They motioned in like a wide receiver. It was Buffalo. And he pushed Josh Allen ahead of the line of scrimmage and the quarterback sneak. So I was wishing the Bears would do something like that. But you're right. I mean, you know, we did see the one, quarter, the one quarterback um, design play. I think it was after the Herbert run, but there was a penalty or something like that on it. So and it, it is tough too because the amount of shots he was taking against Washington. Like if it's a design run, there's a good chance he's going to get hit. You want to protect him. That's 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 the biggest thing here. But man, their goal line struggling. Their red zone struggles three times inside the five. They were zero for three, and red zone measures touchdowns. They were zero for three in the red zone. They were 0, they didn't even get points. They didn't even get field goals out of that. They get two field goals. Whole total different game, but. Yeah, it, it's been it's been some struggles inside the red zone, and if that doesn't get fixed, it's going to be a long, long year. That's where you got to score. All right, more coming up with Zach in just a minute, but a quick message from Good Foods. Game day is Guac Day, Bears fans, and that means the delicious taste of Good Foods guacamole. It's always a touchdown with Good Foods guac because Good Foods brings game-winning flavor. Perfectly ripe, hand-scooped avocados made with delicious, real ingredients. Visit gamedayisguacday.com and enter to win all kinds of great prizes and a season full of good foods. When you gather to cheer on the Bears this season, reach for Good Foods Guac, available at Jewel Osco and other Chicagoland retailers. Pick up to guac today. All right, I'm talking with Zach Pearson from BearReport.com. I thought it was interesting to hear Justin Fields because he was asked about the extra time off, and you know that left shoulder will be something to watch. It got banged up against Washington, but he was asked like, "Do you watch the games on Sundays when you're when you're when you're not playing and you have the weekend off?" He's like, "Yeah," and he says he has a different perspective on how he watches games. It's uh, it was it was interesting. You think he goes NFL red zone? Or you think he's got the Sunday ticket package? Or you think he's oh, he's man. dialed in on one game? Oh man, uh, he's probably got the red zone. He's got out the red zone, right? Like they got do NFL players get the red zone for free? How does that work? Do they have some sort of NFL players association code they can punch in? It, it should be. I know like um, NBA does like if you buy NBA two K, you get like their league pass for free or stuff like that. They have like crazy promotions. I don't know. I think he's a red zone guy. He's got to be. I, I was hoping to get some of the uh, what college games he was watching. That was kind of interesting. Bama ten. To see everybody yeah. was watching that one. Yeah. Um, any other just thoughts on the Bears and where we're at uh, through six games? Um, look, this is a team I think that does buy into the Matty Bufflus messaging, which is the hits principle, play tough, full four quarters. And Bill Belichick talked about the Bears defense in the second half. Um, he even brought that up, which it has, you know, Minnesota, they're one stop away late in that fourth quarter to, to seal that one. Um, I think they're kind of buying in. So I, th- I think that this is a team that's probably not going to get blown out in many games despite the amount of holes in this roster, maybe against Buffalo late on Christmas Eve. That could get ugly, um, depending on where, where the Bills are at in standings and the playoff chase and all that. Um, but I think the players are, are, are bought into the Matt Eberflus way. They are. Uh, they're, they're, to be completely honest, they're a bad team that's learning how to win, if that makes sense. Um, you look at the loss of Green Bay, probably should have been a one-score loss. They should have gotten into the end zone there. 
the loss to uh, the Giants, one score loss, they fumble a punt at the end. Lost to Minnesota, one score loss, they gave it up at the end. Lost to Washington. I thought they outplayed Washington. I thought they should have won yeah. that game. They're the better team. Um, they're just a bad team right now that's learning how to win. They're buying in. It, it is what I thought it would be. I had them five or six wins. Um, I think they'll be at like four now. I think they'll probably get one of the Lions games and some another game down the line. But yeah, they're not going to be favored in many games. Maybe the Lions win at home. Um, but it's just all about development, buying in to the Eberflus principle, you know, the Hits principle, buying into how Ryan Poles wants to build this roster, and just seeing results. I mean, there's good things from Shaquan Brisker. Kyler Gordon's been good the past two weeks. Things like that. Justin Fields, you know. So, yeah, they just are what they are in my eyes. They're just a bad football team. It was great to see the Packers lose again. That was fun yes, to watch. Actually, yeah. <laughs> uh, your pick for Monday night, What? how do you think this one plays oh, out? Um, I think New England's going to win. Um, I think Mac Jones will probably start, it looks like, out there in New England. I'm going to go New England 26, Bears 13. I think New England's defense is just – give Bill Belichick that time, and I think the defense is just too good to, to, for the Bears to move the ball on. I'm going to go Patriots 24, Bears 17. How does that sound? Yeah, right there. I mean, About the same. About the same. This is fun to record live at House Hall. We're in some sort of um, makeshift TV studio. I'm not sure if we're actually supposed to be in here, but uh, we were led this way, and I think we, uh, I think we're safe here. But I appreciate the time, Zach. Thanks for joining. Yeah, anytime. Thanks, man. And that was episode 50 of the WGN Radio Football Podcast. Thanks again to Zach for joining me. Thanks to Brian Altimer and Ernie Scatton for their help producing the podcast. And thank you for listening. This was episode 50 of the WGN Radio Football Podcast. Thank you.